today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Tech Talk, brought to you by Vacuuman. Adam Oldfield, the president of FPM and FPM3 Marketing and of Vacuuman. He's a busy guy. Uh, joins us once again. How are you doing today, Adam? You know what? I'm doing really well, Bill. I mean, with all the things happening in the world right now when it comes to technology, I mean, it's really overwhelming. It is coming at us at such a, such a speed that it's hard to keep up with all of things happening. But uh, I'm doing really, really well. Uh, yeah, I want to get into this because I know you got a long list of things that you wanted me to bring up today, and, and I want to do that. But before we get to that, I, I wanted to get your comment about a story that we've been carrying on CHML News today. Because uh, City Council had to deal with this yesterday. Uh, councillors met behind closed doors to discuss uh, uh, findings that uh, two incidents of fishing. Now, that's not throwing a line in the water. We're talking P.H., I-S-I fishing, uh, where a fraudster actually posing as an employee for the city duped another staffer into redirecting almost uh, $5,000 in pay through email requests. And uh, this goes on more than we know uh, and more than it should, obviously. And I know you've brought this up many times in the past, but this is just another example that you really have to be on your guard when, when you're looking at emails and directions. Absolutely. And I think this is something that is going to continue to happen, especially in municipalities. And, you know, Hamilton's no exception to that. Um, there's many reasons for how this happens. One is education. Uh, the first uh, issue when it comes to hacking and phishing, which is where uh, hackers utilize a login and a password of an account, giving that perception that they have uh, uh, trust within the, uh, the digital world. And in, in this case, Hamilton was obviously caught in a position where Someone was uh, misled by an by a hacker attacker, if you will, and as such, uh, ended up uh, misleading or sending information off. So here's the key thing: there's many things. I mean, I'm no, I'm not a consultant for the city of Hamilton, Bill, but as a tech talk on your show, I think you're right. We did bring this up that Hamilton's going to be susceptible to this. Education's number one. So yeah. uh, the key, key and foremost is that a lot of the uh, uh, you know, staff within a, a municipal environment, and furthermore, people are working from home too. Um, we're still working with that little bit of a variation of working from home. So education is one. Number two, passwords. That is a big, big, huge, massive element. <laughs> passwords. Uh, three is the fact of systems. You gotta update the systems. Now, I'm not able to take a look at what elements or what server elements are in place right now with the city of Hamilton. However, there are a lot of uh, investments that are gonna be required, not just by Hamilton, by a lot of municipalities, that they've gotta upgrade. The FBI made the announcement of Windows 7 is no longer supported. It is full of bullet holes when it comes to being riddled of uh, hacking capabilities. So we know that there's millions of login and passwords online right now on the dark web. This is an example of how this information was easily uh, infiltrated, and it's now cost the taxpayers money. Well, and there are companies, I know corporations that are aware of this. Uh, look, here at Chorus, our parent company, of course, the, with the CFPL and CHML, uh, we have regular tutorials that are sent here, you know, and, and it takes 15, 20 minutes in some of these cases, but it gives you some of the signs that you need to look for. Uh, and because these the guys, these people change all the time, right? As soon as one scam gets uh, found out and exposed, they're back at it doing something else. And, and as you say, there are some things that we can do to be defensive about this and make sure about this, but the old idea that, I, I guess the, the kind of the common thread is if in doubt, don't open it. Don't, don't do that. Well, you know, just be absolutely. vigilant about that stuff. 
And, and also be aware where it becomes misleading is that when they represent an individual that you feel you're talking to another staff or another employee, yeah. things to look at. You have to look at things like the email address. We get very complacent sometimes with what's his email? What are you asking? Oh, yes. OK, I got to get that off my to do list. And part of it is you got to look at details to that, which is a little more time invested. But you got to read where that email is coming from. You got to look at what is, as you described, the pattern of what the message is. Does it really sound like that person. These individuals that are infiltrating these accounts, they're not doing it willy-nilly. They're actually spending a lot of time trying to learn how do they write their emails, how do they, how do they structure their language. Um, you know, and if you're finding that email from someone that you know in the office or, you know, a city's pretty big, they got a lot of people there, but if you're in a position where you're reading an email and you're going, man, that doesn't really sound like what Bill Kelly would write, you've got to ask yourself, that's probably not Bill Kelly. <laughs> so keep an eye on that. If you're seeing even the language seems off, spelling mistake, grammar, uh, language uh, title. Um, you know, uh, my staff know that because when they get emails, and we've had that in our case in my offices where, you know, uh, it says, hello, uh, uh, name of staff. Uh, I hope you're having a good day. I wanted to, my staff immediately know that is not me sending an email. <laughs> yeah, because... And, and by the way, because you've talked to us about this in, in the past, and one of the other things is the email address itself. I mean, look to make sure it's exact. I mean, because they'll change something very minor on the email. That, and, of course, you're a busy person. You just kind of look at, oh, yeah, that's from Adam. No, it could maybe not. It may not be. But they're using, a like, a phantom email address to get in there. But you think it's legitimate. So, and, again, be cautious about these sorts of things. And I know we talk about this a lot. But, you know, in this case, it's 4000 bucks, a little over 4000 bucks that got transferred. It can happen in major corporations uh i mean they can get in there they can hack stuff they can take money from it there's a whole lot of things that can go on so be vigilant i know that you that's a message that you give us almost every week but uh, we just had a living breathing example of it here with the city of hamilton and i'm sure it's happening in other corporations as well so a word to the wise about stuff like that now i know you got a big list here and i want to find out about apple one um i'm starting to get into the streaming stuff now i could after about three years of you telling me to uh and, and there's a lot of good stuff out there but i'm always wondering about a bargain and what am I, what am I getting what's apple one all about well, Apple One is, is collaborating a lot of their services that they have available. So we know that we have Apple News. We know that we have Cloud, uh, iCloud. Uh, we've got, obviously, uh, uh, you know, the photos. They've got uh, the arcade. Uh, Apple's got an array. They've been launching sort of every year during their keynote. Uh, we've seen that with Apple announcements. Well, one thing for certain is Apple's got a vision moving forward. And that their vision in the next five to ten years, and just to, just to back up a little bit, this has been a vision of Steve Jobs. Jobs. This is not a current Apple vision. This has been this was a, a Steve Jobs before he passed away was visioning. This is how the company would need to work. I mean, right now it is destined that within the next year, Apple was a in 2017 the first trillion dollar company based on its sales and models of execution. They're claiming that by the next year, within the next year, it will become a two trillion dollar company. Now, how are they doing it? A lot of it is through a subscription base, this ecosystem that you can get yourself into. I have my, well, I'm going to speak on behalf of Bill Kelly, everyone. So okay. Bill Kelly has an iPhone. Bill Kelly has an iMac. Bill Kelly has an iPad. Bill Kelly signs up for iCloud. Bill Kelly signs up for Apple streaming. Bill Kelly signs up for iCloud. Now, all of a sudden, we've got this ecosystem that it's all working. Now, this one's $10. This one's $8. This one's $0.99 cents to $30. 
Apple is now preparing for the next stage of Apple One, which is a collaboration of all of its ecosystems. And why I share the upcoming versions is we know that Apple has glasses coming out. We know the Apple card, the credit card, is going to be available. Right now, uh, they have no late cheat, no late fees, no late charges, uh, no annual fees. The Apple card is going to be part of this system. And what's that mean? Okay, they have a, they have a credit card. Apple One is going to be one step towards where Apple's ecosystem will eventually incorporate the Apple car, which is called Titan. And we spoke about that before. Is it on? Is it off? Well, it's on. Apple glasses are coming out next year, and we're going to see Apple become the system where your credit card will pay for the services, of course, with a discount. They're going to be working with the Amazon Prime. They're also going to be bringing in the forefront next five years the Apple uh, account uh, mem- uh, membership that will possibly be that autonomous vehicle showing up like an Uber or your delivery service of food. Apple is bringing all of it under one umbrella. It's going to be called Apple One. And they've made this announcement, not officially rolling out, but this is the bigger picture. In the year 2022, when we do Tech Talk, Bill, sponsored by VacuMan, it's going to be Apple (laughs) One adds a new subscription feature to our new product. And here's what we can expect. This is just the tip. It's about to explode. And that's that's what we can expect. If you're an Apple user, you're going to be in this little bubble that no one will be able to penetrate. All right, I'll, I'll let you borrow it from time to time. You can watch it. Okay? <laughs> hey, I got I, I, through I, the window. Yeah, exactly. I hear Instagram's in big trouble. Big trouble. This is huge, Bill. This week, a class action lawsuit uh, happened with Instagram. Lots is taking place currently with Instagram. They're trying to capitalize on the Trump administration shutting down TikTok. So they're leaping on this. Hey, everybody, come to Instagram. You can do your TikTok world inside our little application. And then at the same time, uh, they just paid out a $6,000 bounty for uh, being uh, uh, having data images that you feel you're deleting aren't being deleted so the european union rules are about to kick in and going back to my first statement a 500 billion yes 500 billion dollar lawsuit has been issued against facebook instagram and this is really big bill what we know is if you sign up for instagram you take a photo you upload it you agree to the terms and conditions you've said you can use my face you can use my picture of my flower my butterfly the landscape here's my grandmother making a a hamburger all of that you've given all the rights to instagram but wait the class action lawsuit is about everybody in the photo that wasn't given permission. So if you took a photo and I happen to be walking behind you or I'm sitting at a patio table sipping on a, a latte and you're doing one of those, look at me in Hamilton downtown, Gore Park, and there I am in the background looking, the algorithm in Instagram is taking all images of faces. They're categorizing it. They're logging it. Now, I didn't agree to your Instagram terms and conditions, and this is going to be really big, and that's what the lawsuit's about. Instagram is using facial recognition algorithms that is using photos of individuals in the photos in the background and selling that to third-party advertisers and authority meaning that the police services are able to access this algorithm of facial recognition ouch uh, I mean, it's in the courts. This is going to be a long time getting settled and everything. But it's uh, it's it's one of those things where technology goes wild. And, and you know, people think I I didn't think we could do that. And you know, 
people like I'm, I'm sure a lot of the users that are going to use this tool, they're doing it in all fairness and all honesty. But I mean, obviously, there's some some legal issues that have to be dealt with. But you would have thought that the folks at Instagram would have figured, you know what? Before we leave this room, what could go wrong? And I don't think anybody asked that question. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like when Google was going around taking photos of the world. And when they first started this process, they weren't blurring out photos, like images of people that were in their yard or walking down the street or even license plates. It took a while. They had to build an algorithm that blurred everything that identified uh, uh, other than a street address. It was an algorithm that came out later. Instagram, uh, you're right. Someone around the roundtable said, hey, Hey, what's the big deal? Everyone gave us permissions. Everybody except in the background and our systems in the, in the software is smart enough. It can actually recognize those photos in the background. So what privacy is now being violated? And I'll tell you, Canada's got some really good privacy protection. Europe has solid protection. And I can only imagine that this isn't going to help that situation with the antitrust issue of what are they doing with our data without our permission? This is going to escalate that for sure. All right. Uh, a while ago, you talked to us about uh, a new Google app called Lookout, but it was not available in Canada. Well, it is now. So let's uh, bring everybody up to speed. Yeah. If you've got any kind of visual disability or hearing disability, this is the app you want. It's called Lookout. It's available on the Apple and the uh, uh, Android store. Um, why you want this is, is it really is phenomenal. It's a, it's a fantastic tool. Uh, it's got a lot of algorithms and, and, and capabilities in it. So, for example, it's got a, an, a, a, a camera algorithm that when you take a photo of a label or you take a photo of like a letter or the newspaper or any kind, a flyer for that matter, the algorithm will be able to take the photo, translate it to text, and be able to read it to you. So you'll be able to uh, never be limited uh, by anything that you're not visually capable of seeing. In addition to that, it also is able to take audio. It can take a recording and translate it into written text. So now you can be able to have the recorder on, be able to, if you're having a conversation or you're in an environment where you don't have cl closed caption available to, to, uh, to read, uh, Lookout is also capable of taking that audio, translating it into a text, and think of it as a closed caption world. It will be able to put it into a text. It does not keep it on file. It does not store it into a database. It is read in real time and deleted. So going back to the privacy issue, Bill, uh, you know, well, hey, wait a minute. If someone's going to be audioing a moment or I'm in a conversation in a coffee shop, it's only translated in real time and then it's removed. It's, it's, it's actually amazing. Canada has now got it available. They launched it in this last week. So uh, if you know anyone that has this, it's a, it's a fantastic app to consider using. Uh, let's stick with Google for just a second here because they've got some competition now for LinkedIn. This is massive. And yeah, I mean, don't let Google think that they're going to let another application like Microsoft take LinkedIn and try to make a, a Goliath out of it without them having a piece. Um, in India, they're now rolling out Google, uh, a Google version of LinkedIn. They're doing a test. Um, currently, it's, it's going to be uh, identified for influencers, entrepreneurs, freelancers, uh, such as an Adam Oldfield uh, from TechTalk. Uh, and what's cool about this, it's a virtual 
personal visiting card. Think of it as a uh, as a as a business card for businesses. So right now it's in India, and why they like to test is uh, they like to test in Brazil. They like to test in India. They're big markets. They can adapt quickly, identify challenges. But get ready if you're in business, small business. Google's going to have a version of a LinkedIn uh, called Virtual Visiting Card, and it's going to also adapt into your Google My Business. If you're a small business in in Hamilton or wherever your business is, you may want to consider putting your energy into that because it's going to really help your business grow. It's going to be uh, searched by Google, help that small business be be found, and help you get networking with other like-minded entrepreneurs and and influencers. Uh, when laptops started to become really popular, uh, Toshiba was the leader. It seemed almost everybody had these. Uh, we, we heard this week that these guys are basically getting out of the game now. You know, it's a sad day when a company as large as Toshiba, when we, you're right, when you saw Toshiba, it was uh, Dell, Toshiba, uh, and Acer. Those were one of the top three uh, laptop leaders in the market through the 90s into the 2000s. They're calling it a day. They've said, you know what, the market's saturated. And honestly, they've looked at it and tried to compete the Dynabook, which was the most popular. Uh, sanctioned by IBM with the ThinkPad, uh, is now going to be calling it a day. They're going to be saying uh, why it's just becoming too competitive, primarily against the tablet market with the iPad and the Samsung. So, yes, you won't be seeing a Toshiba uh, on the shelf anytime soon or available online. So the point of this conversation is if you own a Toshiba and it's running Windows 7, it's going to be in a museum one day and could be worth some money. So hang on to that. (laughs) Yeah, well, with with your old piece, that you got way back when too or those, remember those first uh, those first apple computers that, that weighed about 85 pounds each uh those were the days uh we can't do a tech talk show without you talking about samsung so go ahead <laughs> thanks for that by the way that's how bill likes to give me and he knows he's bringing this up because it's a very short one samsung yeah. <laughs> announced the fold too which i don't have enough details about it just yet i'll be speaking about it more in a couple weeks but not to be outdone uh many many other players are coming into the market with the folding phone and some of them are are pretty impressive so google is still in the market expect a pixel Folding phone coming out next year. Uh, also, Huawei, the new coming out with a 5G folding phone. And this is very uh, interesting, Bill. Talking about folding phones, um, Samsung obviously has already got its third version coming out. Google is announcing it's got one in the works. Huawei is still available. We could, in Canada, still be able to purchase a folding Huawei phone. We're probably one of the only countries still available to be able to do that. Uh, other than China and Canada, most of Europe has now uh, uh, segregated Huawei. The UK has, as well as India. So the question really out there is, um, why is it still available in Canada? <laughs> and why is it still uh, uh, capable of being purchased in this country? So, But it is, and it's actually going to be more affordable than most of the folding phones on the market. Uh, and if you're in the market to say, I want a folding phone, hey, if the Chinese want my information, not a problem go ahead i'll use it uh you'll be able to get a folding phone at some point but just so you know it's marketed that a folding phone from samsung is going to be four thousand dollars bill canadian google is estimated to be about twenty eight hundred dollars and the huawei is about twenty four hundred dollars these are a little overpriced for a phone seems that way uh, and if you're one of those people that is very cautious about that and you just say uh, you know i'm not going to get a huawei phone because i don't want people listening in on me did you hear that alexa i don't want anyway be that as it might uh we got to go we're right out of time we do this every friday it's tech talk brought to you by vacuum man adam have a great weekend we'll talk to you next week you too thanks bill 
The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.